0: right, let's open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14 tonight then. Ephesians, the 6th chapter and the 14th verse. And uh, we're doing the third installment on our series called Armor. And uh, we've already looked at the first three verses of Ephesians 10, 6, 10 through 13, where it's talking about being strong in the Lord and the power his might and so on. And then last week we looked at the first part of the armor of God. We were talking about having our loins girt about with truth. And the Roman soldier, that girt, that girdle if you will, that held up all the rest of the pieces of the armor. So without that on the Roman soldier's life, his breastplate would fall, all of the other armor would fall to the ground because there was nothing to hold it up. And, of course, we know that the Word of God is what upholds us. And as we put God's Word first place in our life, He upholds all things by the Word of His mighty power. And so build your life on the Word of God. Don't try to build your life on the philosophies of men or on television. Build it on the Word. If you want your life to go the way that God wants it to go, then you'll do that. Now, tonight we're going to look at, in Ephesians six fourteen it says, having on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. Now, I want you to keep that up there, Linnell. That's great. We're going to go to that in a moment. Now, notice with me, the breastplate of righteousness. Everyone say righteousness. righteousness. What is righteousness? Righteousness simply means right standing with God. So when you and I accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, you and I were made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever woke up in the morning not feeling saved? I think 100% of us could say that. Have you ever woke up in the morning feeling condemned? All of us have. Now, I want to give you a way to start your day out. Start your day out by thanking the Lord. Number one, that he loves you. I mean, you might as well just go ahead and start thanking him and praising him first thing in the morning. Because you know that the enemy is going to be there to try to bring you down. But praise will elevate you. Waking up in the morning. Oh, Father. I thank you that you love me. Thank you, Lord, that you love me. Amen. And then, thank him that he approves of you. He approves of you. Now, he does not always approve of everything we do. But in him, we are accepted in the beloved. Now, here's the verse I want you to see. Would you read it with me? Now, this is from God's word translation. Ready, read. So then, take your stand. Fasten truth around your waist like a belt. Here it is. Put on God's approval as your breastplate. I think that's very interesting. Let's read it again. Put on God's approval. Put on God's righteousness or being right in His sight. Put on His approval. Put on His acceptance of you. Not... Because of you, but because of Jesus and the work on the cross that Christ paid for us. He said, put on, put it on, put on God's approval as your, as your breastplate. So let's just thank him right now that he approves of us. Let's just lift our hands up and get happy about it. Father, we're so thankful tonight that you approve of us. That we are the accepted in the beloved. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You approve of us. Now, you talk like that in the morning. You'll probably also hear this. Who do you think you are? Well, let's see. Let's take a look then. I mean, seen as how that the enemy brings that up. Why don't we know who we are? So that we can read scriptures concerning who we are to the lies that tell us we are not who we think we are. Let's see what the word says. Well, look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. Amplified version. Let's see who we are. See, what we're doing is we're putting on the approval of God as a breastplate by looking at scriptures. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, in the Amplified, of course, in the King James, it says, Well, in the Amplified, it says, Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ the Messiah, he's a new creation, a new creature altogether. Glory to God. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Hallelujah. The fresh and new. Well, let's see who we are. Well, look at Second Corinthians five 21. Let's see who we are. Who do you think you are? Well, it's what God thinks I am. It's what God says I am. And it's what I say about myself that matters, according to the Word of God. This is what I am. Well, for our sake, He made Christ virtually to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in and through Him we might become endued with, viewed as being, and examples of the righteousness of God, what we ought to be approved and acceptable and in right relationship with Him by His goodness. This isn't something you did on your own. You are approved, you are accepted, you're in right relationship with Him because of His goodness. Thank you, Lord. So now, the scripture says, put on God's approval as your breastplate. That's what God's word translation says. Put on God's approval as your breastplate. And here's what I got in my spirit as I was looking at that. Putting the word, the word and the scriptures on righteousness in your heart. Taking these words out of here and putting them in here is putting on the breastplate. It's putting it on. It does not happen automatically. You are involved in getting righteousness scriptures off the pages of the book and putting it in your heart and speaking it with your mouth and putting it on as a breastplate. That is your responsibility. Now, how many of you got up this morning... And you got ready for work okay just a few of you I think might maybe have a prayer meeting here, but no you 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 had to get ready, you know you might have taken a shower, may have taken a bath or whatever maybe taken care of the night before, but you need know, ladies did your hair and guys hopefully you shaved and brushed your teeth and and then Guess what? You've got to get time to get dressed, right? Now, how many of you sleep in your clothes? You sleep in your clothes, ready for work. Nobody sleeps in their clothes, ready for work. (coughs) Clothes for the most part, clothing for the most part, unless you're really rare... Clothes, for the most part, are in your closet, hopefully not on the floor, and they're hanging up. So clothing, then, doesn't just jump off the hanger onto your body. I mean, you don't stand in front of your closet and say, ta-da, ready. No, they are available to you, but you've got to take the clothes off of the hanger And put them on you. And God's word is available to all. Righteousness has come upon all men. But not all men are receiving righteousness. Because not all men are familiar with righteousness. And therefore they do not have faith to put it on. So. Heart of the Bay. Find the scriptures. Read the scriptures. Put the scriptures on. And wear it like a breastplate let 's look at a couple of scriptures on righteousness. Look at Romans chapter three verse twenty one and twenty two Romans three verse twenty one and twenty two says, "But now everyone say right now, the righteousness of God, I like this, without the law, is manifested." Don't you know that the law could not impute to you righteousness? So this righteousness that we're talking about is not a result of you being a goody two-shoe. It's not the result of you keeping a lot of rules and regulations. But this righteousness, this God's approval that becomes like a breastplate for you Is without the law and it is manifested in your life. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Next verse. Even the righteousness of God. Now notice, which is what? By faith of Jesus Christ. Unto all and upon all them that what? So the only thing that you must do to receive this righteousness is believe it. Accept it. Understand that it is not something that you work for, but understand what Romans 5:17 says. Let's look over there now. Romans the 5th chapter and the 17th verse. Romans 5:17. It says, "For if by one man's offense death reigned by one." How many of you know that's talking about Adam's offense, Adam's sin? That is how, quite frankly, the death came into this earth through Adam's transgression. So, for if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more, everyone say much more. much more. Say it this way, mucho mucho more. Or mucho, mucho mas. Much more. Much more. Do you get the point here? God's work in Jesus was much greater, much more valuable than Satan's work in Adam. If by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more Now notice, they which receive. Say this with me, I am a believer believer. and I I am a receiver. So it says, much more, they which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. What will they do? They'll just barely make it through life. They'll just get by and scrape by, and at the end, you just might make it. I mean, we're just scratching a living out. No, thank God. The abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will enable you to reign in life by one Jesus Christ. And the Amplified says, reign as a king in life. Now, I want you to notice. The word "gift," everyone say gift. "gift." I look the word "gift up." it 's a simple definition. A gift is something that is voluntary transferred by one person to another without compensation. Hallelujah. It is something that's been transferred from him to us without us paying for it. I like that. So then. Righteousness means the ability for you and I to stand in the presence of a holy God without a sense of sin, guilt, inferiority, as if sin never existed before. Say this with me real strong. I am, according to the word of God, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now notice here that it's a it's a breastplate. Now the first thing that the Apostle Paul would notice when he was in prison is he would notice this breastplate. It was a very brilliant piece of armor. It was a very beautiful uh, piece of armor. It was like a coat of mail, a coat of mail. The armor The breastplate for the Roman soldier covered the body from the neck to the thighs and it consisted of two parts. One covered in the front and then the one part of it covered the back. It was made of rings or in the form of scales or of plates. This breastplate was so fastened upon the Roman soldier... That it would be flexible on one hand. And yet it would guard the body from a sword. It would guard the body from a spear. And it would guard the body from an arrow. Who is throwing his flaming whistles at us? missiles at us? What kind of arrows does Satan have? Satan has arrows that are sent from the pit of hell with deadly intentions. But when you put on the breastplate of righteousness what that does is that covers you and it makes you impenetrable where the enemy is concerned in first samuel 17 verse 5 it is referred in the scriptures at as a, a coat of mail it was the heaviest piece of weaponry that the roman soldier wore at times it weighed in excess of 40 pounds Some breastplates, I'm told, weighed up to 75 pounds or more. How many of you know that Goliath had a coat of mail? Goliath had on a breastplate, and it was said that Goliath's breastplate was 5,000 shekels of brass, nearly 160 pounds. This breastplate is some serious stuff. And the devil cannot penetrate your breastplate. And the number one thing that Satan comes at all of us with is condemnation. Condemnation kills confidence. Like one preacher said it, condemnation, it is the confidence killer. Now I want you to notice in Romans chapter 8 verse 1 with me. The enemy walks about as a roaring lion, seeking to condemn, seeking to bring you down. And here's a verse of scripture that should be in your array of weaponry. There is therefore right now. Hallelujah. Not when we get to heaven, but there is therefore right now. No. What? There's therefore now no condemnation. Glory to God, to them which are in Christ Jesus. I got a question for you tonight. Are you in Christ Jesus? Is Christ Jesus in you? Well, if you are in Christ and Christ is in you, guess what? There is therefore right now in the nasty now and now, no condemnation in your life. Oh, that's good news. Now, there is a condition on that. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Now, there are times when we're going to miss it and we're going to lean to the flesh. But that is not something we do as a way of life. Just by virtue of living in a physical body, the flesh is going to win out from time to time. But that's not your intention. Our intention is to live in the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, to rejoice in the Spirit, to live our lives totally Spirit-controlled. And so if that is your motivation in life, you can just mark it down to you. There is no condemnation. Condemnation is not a part of your life. Adam and Eve are a perfect picture of of those who were condemned. Adam missed it. They missed it in the garden. And you know what they did? Immediately they hid themselves from the presence of God. And you know that happens time and time again with Christians today. They sin, they mess up, and they missed it. And instead of drawing near to God and getting their forgiveness and getting their cleansing from a sense of unrighteousness, they run away from God. Kenneth Copeland said years ago, and it's branded in my spirit, when you miss it, don't you run from God, run to him. Because when you run from God, you're going to run into more problems, more condemnation and more guilt, more trouble. But when you go to the rock that is higher than yourself, when you run to the tower, the Bible says you are safe. Amen. And so what Adam and Eve did is they pulled back. They drew back in fear. But when you become well acquainted with your armor and you put righteousness scriptures in your heart. I'm not just talking about every now and then. I'm talking about a living, working revelation of your right standing with God 24 hours a day. Amen. On your lips, in your heart, say it with me. I am am. the righteousness Righteousness. of God in Christ. Christ. So Adam and Eve pulled back. They drew away in fear. But those that are in right standing with God and have an attitude of boldness and assurance, we do not draw back. We're bold and we draw near. Look at Hebrews chapter 4 and verses 14 through 16. I love these verses of scripture. Hebrews, the fourth chapter, the 14th verse and the 16th verses, it says this. Seen then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold that fast our what? I believe the profession of the believer is to hold fast to their confession of faith. It is your duty, it is your job to speak God's word. Verse 15. For we do not have a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. How many of you know that he was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin? Now verse 16, let's read it together. This is some good happy meal right here. (laughs) Let us who are the righteousness of God, let us who have been pre-approved and have his approval, come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain guilt and condemnation. No, thank God that we may obtain mercy and that we might find grace to help in a time of need. I'm telling you what, there's grace for your race. There's grace in your time of need. God's got more grace and layers and layers, heaps upon heaps of the grace of God. If you'll just come boldly and get it. I found out in my life that his grace is more than enough. Amen. Now. Now. He says, come boldly to the throne of grace. See, we approach the throne of grace, not a throne of judgment. It's not a throne of judgment. In order that we can receive mercy for the past and grace for our present and grace for our future. Thank you, Lord. I love what Annie taught on Sunday. When we go before him. We shouldn't be looking at ourselves. We should be looking unto Him. As long as we look at ourselves, you know what? We become very limited. Because we can't pull it off in and of ourselves. You cannot heal your own body. You cannot supply your own need. If you try to approach Christianity through self-efforts... And what you can do in and of yourself, you'll always fall short. That's right. always. You'll always fall short of the grace of God. And not only that, the grace of God will become frustrated in your life. But oh, when you just come to him. And you don't see yourself, you see him. And if you're going to look at yourself, you've got to look at yourself the way he looks at you. He looks at you with eyes of love. He looks at you through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Hebrews, the 10th chapter, and the the 19th verse. It says here, He says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. When you know your sin is gone, you can be confident and bold, and fully assured. Confidence is so important. It is. In your prayer life, confidence is important. You know, if you don't know what God's will is concerning divine prosperity, you'll never be confident that your needs can be met. If you buy into the traditions of men concerning prosperity, you'll walk around thinking, well, I'm just as poor as old Job's turkey. What does that mean? (laughs) If you listen, see, religion will make you crazy. It'll make you stupid. If you listen to religion, you'll walk around thinking, well, you know, Paul had a thorn in the flesh. And hey, who am I? I'm not the apostle Paul. If he had a thorn in the flesh, man, yeah, a thorn in the flesh for me too, you know. But you see, people don't know what the thorn in the flesh is. They think Paul's thorn in the flesh really was a sickness and disease. But if you look at it carefully, Paul's thorn in the flesh was not a sickness and disease. Paul's thorn in the flesh was Satan stirring up the people everywhere he went to stop the revelation that Paul had. He said, there was given unto me a thorn in the flesh. The messenger of Satan sent to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations that were given unto me. So... You can't be religious and get results. Religion is a dead-end street. Religion has a form of godliness. But at the end of the day, religion will always deny the power of God. Religion is man's search for Jesus and God. Christianity is man and woman's relationship with a living Savior, a living Redeemer. And so you've got to know the will of God in order to be bold. Mm-hmm. Growing up, the way that I grew up, I had no idea. I had no clue how good God was. I thought for years that God was mad at me. And I look at Keith Hirsch, She says, God is in fact not mad at you. He's mad about you. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. I thought that he was flat, just so ticked off with Mark Thomas. That he was really going to nail me and get me. That's the atmosphere that I grew up in. I grew up in an atmosphere of sin consciousness and condemnation. I thought that the priest was the only one that could even hope to understand the word. And what I realized later in life is many of the priests were hopelessly confused. And that's not every priest, and I'm not putting down the Catholic Church. As a matter of fact, they just got a new pope, and he's got my middle name, Pope Francis. So he can't be all that bad. Now that you know my middle name is Francis, just call me Mark, please. Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark yes. But I was hopelessly confused. I didn't want to go to church, are you kidding me? Church! You can't even throw spitballs in church! What? Church! Listen to some guy stumble over his words? The only thing I can remember about the sermons was this one phrase over and over and over and over again as far as the question as far as the question as far as what question give me some answers you kidding me church no way I hung around at Meacham's drugstore I wasn't going to go to church I hung out at the gas station and drank drank Coca-Cola and orange soda. Are you kidding me? Church. Every time I went to church, I felt like a bum. Every time I confessed my sins, they just gave me more to do. (laughs) (laughs) Are you kidding me? And you know what? That's the attitude of millions of people. Outside of these walls. Church. What in the world. Would I want to go to that church for? Why? Because they have the wrong image. Of a good God. Of a God who is love. Of a God who lifts us. Out of darkness. And lifts us. To sit with him in heavenly places. They have no clue. They have no idea. I am telling you man. When I got out of the treatment center. And I was introduced. To the blood covenant. And to faith. And to righteousness. I said to myself. Are you kidding me? I've been looking for this. My whole life. Give me some more of that oh taste and see that the lord is good oh man this is what i'd been searching for in drugs and other things that's what i've been searching for and it was here all the time but there needed to be a switch turned on in my spirit the switch of eternal life and then thank god I was able to sit under a man of God who was a man of the word, not a man of religion. And all of a sudden, man, the lights went on. You know, it is true that it is the entrance of His word that gives you light. It is the entrance of His word that gives understanding unto the simple. And I qualified. But you see, just one word is never enough for me. Now, you can get servings of the word and it's good and it should be daily. But did you know that there's more in the verses that you think you're fully acquainted with? Because this word is continuously giving birth to fresh revelation. And the neat thing about this word, it's a now word. Because this word fits your circumstance right now. This is the answer book for life. As a matter of fact, this word is life. Jesus said in John six sixty three, He said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. This is spiritual food to your inner man. It's life to those that find them. And it's medicinal to all their flesh. Copious amounts of the word of God will change your life forever. And so it is the entrance of His Word that gives light. But listen to this. In His light, you'll see more light. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. In other words, the light got turned on when you got born again. The light of life came into your life. And then the Word reveals more light upon more light upon more light. Man. Amen. Amen. Now, my point is this. Mm-hmm. You can't be confident. And you cannot be bold without this. We're not without it. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. Look at 1 John chapter 5. The breastplate of righteousness. Putting it on. Keeping it on. 1 John chapter 5. Verse 14 and verse 15, I do want to look at it in the Amplified Version. You know, if your heart doesn't condemn you, guess what? What do you have? You've got confidence toward God. Now look at with me in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, it says this, And this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness, the privilege of boldness, which we have in Him. We are sure not maybe so, that if we ask anything, make any request according to his will or according to his word. Do you see how important it is for you to know the word of God? Because the word of God is synonymous with the will of God. God's will is God's word. Make any request according to his will or in agreement with his own plan, you've got his ear. He listens to you and he hears you. Verse 15, read it with me, please. And if since we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted us as our present position, possessions the requests made of him. That's good. And so then, when any believer knows that God has made him righteous... When he or she has the breastplate of righteousness fixed firmly in place, it really doesn't matter how many arrows the enemy shoots at you because no arrow will penetrate. No word of condemnation, not one allegation, no word of guilt will come your way when you're walking in your righteousness. Now there is... A very important point that I want to close with tonight. I'm not going to preach all night. But I want you to turn back to Ephesians chapter 6 verse 14 in the Amplified. This is uh, necessary. So I'm encouraging you to stand. Throw your shoulders back. Amen. Hold your head up high. And walk tall. Walk in your righteousness. The Bible says, awake to righteousness and guess what won't happen? You won't sin. You know, if righteousness gives you the ability to stand in the presence of a holy God without a sense of guilt or inferiority, you can surely stand in the presence of demons, devils, and evil spirits and put them on the run. You don't have to be afraid of anything or anyone. Hallelujah. You might be walking through Come on, somebody. The valley of the shadow of death. But you're not afraid. Because in righteousness, there's peace. In righteousness, there's freedom from oppression. In righteousness, there's freedom from fear. That's what Isaiah 54, 14 says. It says this, in righteousness, thou shalt be established. And he says, as a result, you'll be far from oppression and fear will not come near you. You know, that's good news. So practice the presence of God. Practice going to the throne of grace. And when the enemy presents himself to you, man, just let the presence of God just flow out of you. Who are you? You little runt. You little defeated foe. Who do you think you are? It's like David. David got sassy where Goliath was concerned. Who are you that you would defy the armies of the living God? He says, no, look at Goliath. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take your head clean off. And then I'm going to take you down to the valley and I'm going to feed your carcass to the fowls of the air. Amen? Amen. Goliath is a type of devils, demons, and evil spirits. David was a covenant man under the old covenant. He was not afraid to stand in the face of a huge giant. And Satan will come along acting real bad, real tough. He'll always try to make your molehills into a mountain. You ever notice that? He'll always try to magnify a little problem and turn it into just this big, great, insurmountable thing. You know what he wants? He wants you to back off and wimp out and go, Mommy! Mama! Help me! No, you can stand up. Have an eyeball to eyeball with him. Take the sword of the Spirit. Chop that turkey's head off. Amen? Amen? Now, I want to close with this. Here's a thought. Those who have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus must and should live right. In Ephesians 6.14, in the Amplified Version, it says this. And having put on the breastplate of integrity and moral rectitude, and right standing with God. The breastplate of righteousness is also the breastplate of integrity. It's also the breastplate of holiness. It's the best breastplate of purity of life. Amen? Mm -hmm. So those who have been made righteous should walk in righteousness or walk in integrity and walk in holiness. You know, and this stuff about, well, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, doesn't matter what I do, where I've been, and where I go, that's wrong. You who have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus have been qualified and approved of God to walk in a high level of integrity, in a high level of character, in a high, high level of right living. And right standing. Not holier than thou. But you just walk rightly. Because you are right. And you want to do right. I looked at a commentator. And he said this. A want of integrity. Will leave a man. Exposed to the assaults. Of the enemy. Just as a man. Would be whose coat of mail. Was defective. Or some part of which. Was missing. And so. You can keep yourself out of a lot of snares of the fowler and out of a lot of temptations by just doing the right thing. The Bible says the integrity of the upright, it's going to guide them. The character of a man or a woman who's sold out for God, his or her character will always cause you to rise above the temptations. Now, you'll be tempted, but you won't yield because you just are right and you're going to do right. Amen. 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 The righteousness of God doesn't cheat on their income taxes. Uh, Amen. The righteousness of God isn't found down at a bar having a few beers with the guys telling dirty jokes. That's just not righteous. It isn't. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus doesn't go around smoking marijuana talking about how God good how good God is. They don't do it. No. Those who are in right standing with God live right. Let's stand to our feet. Amen. Amen. Well, I know whether I helped you or not, but I did it again. I preached myself happy. Let's lift up our voice and our hands toward heaven and say this in the heavenly Father. I declare this night, I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. All week long, I will put on the word of God in my heart and I will speak forth faith-filled words and the laws of sin and death shall once again be dominated in my life. I declare this night that I put on the breastplate of righteousness. Thank you, Lord. There is therefore now no condemnation in my life. I have been justified. I have been brought out of darkness. I am right In your sight. sight. Now I'm asking you for your help help. to help me to live right. Help me me to walk walk. in integrity, in holiness, holiness. and in the characteristics characteristics. of this spirit filled life. life. Thank you, Lord, Lord, that I can come boldly boldly to the throne of grace. I know the will of God. The word of God is the will of God. Therefore, without condemnation, I ask according to your will. And I am sure, I am positively sure that my requests are granted unto me.